Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with my good friend, Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm okay. You know, they lost. The Oilers lost, so that's never a happy moment. But um, they actually played a pretty... In the end, they played a hell of a game, Bruce. I mean, we had the um, the grade A shots at 18 to 10 for the Oilers in that game over the Sabres. Yep. Um, in this 4 to 2 game, one was an empty night goal. And the five alarm shots, which the five alarm shots, we, we try to calculate, you know, essentially does it have a 30% chance of going, 30% plus chance of going in. These are your very, very best. Wham, bam, scoring chances, uh, you know, on the uh, in the goal mouth or one-timer shots. The orders were 13 to 5, Bruce. 13 mm-hmm. to 5 over the Sabres in that category. So this was a hell of a, a goaltending performance by uh, Eric Comrie, the uh, Sabres netminder. The Oilers, uh, it was just one of, they got, uh, I like to, I, it, it always reminds, I'm going to say the orders got Louis Lavasserd. I always remember... <laughs> This is my uh, uh, 1970s uh, sports reference of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. Back in the WHA, there was a great little goalie, and he played for, I think, a couple I'm different sort teams. Sort of Fighting Saints, I think, was this. And, and uh, also Hartford, maybe? It? Yeah, anyway, he, he would come up with these, like, 46, 42 save, 39 save performances sometimes against the Oilers. Louis Lavasseur, you know, I can hear Rod mm-hmm. now, stupendous save. And... Um, so the Oilers got Louis Lavasseur tonight. This is when a, a, a unsung goalie comes in and slams shut the net, even though the Oilers are the dominant team. And that's in in a large part the story of the game. Um, we'll, we'll talk about other aspects of the game, but goaltending was Comrie's goaltending was huge. This was our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast, Bruce. We shall start mm-hmm. it off with your good thing. Yeah, well, am I allowed to say Eric Comrie? I mean, holy moly, <laughs> he, was a, he was the show. I, I remember yes, Louis Lavasseur. He was an Oiler uh, yeah. briefly in the WHA years, and he also was the goalie in the movie Slapshot, as I understand it. Not the not the speaking part, but the uh, the actual left-handed goalie who played in those uh, in the, in Slapshot. Uh, he was definitely a, 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 a man and hockey player of that era, Louis Lavasser. I'd say the Oilers got Darren Poopa tonight, actually. <laughs> I, I was actually at the Darren Poopa game, which was his first career game and was his most famous game, I think, for his entire career, Darren Poopa, when he came in in 1985-86, I think it was, November November 1st, I'm recollecting, and it was a one, basically one nothing game for Buffalo with an empty netter at the end. And in that game, like this game, the Oilers suddenly woke up in the third period and just poured on. I think they had 20 shots in the third after having 19 in the first two periods. You can look up that game in Hockey Reference and see if I'm right or wrong. Buffalo had an empty netter at the end to make it look like a 2 nothing game. but And Darren Pupa was a complete... I mean, they thought he was a good prospect, but I mean, unknown goalie shuts out Stanley Cup champions in their own barn. So this wasn't <laughs> quite a shutout, but what definitely was a goaltender win by Buffalo. 
And uh, I was asked by my wife if uh, Stuart Skinner cost the orders that game. And my response was, well, he was the second best goalie in the game. And, and to me, Stuart Skinner didn't lose the game for the orders. Eric Comrie did. Guess how anyway, big, Bruce, here's a quiz question my, for you. Yeah. How big was Louis Levasseur? Oh, he was short. 5'9". 160 yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah. He was this little guy, lefty. And he played for the Minnesota Fighting Saints, then the Oilers, and then uh-huh. the New England Whalers. And then he right. played okay. one game in the NHL for the Minnesota Stars, <laughs> oh, hey. let in seven goals. All right, your good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> returning to the game, my good thing is the Oilers push in the third period when they really came on uh, gangbusters. I could tell from McDavid's first shift in the third period that this was going to be a long 20 minutes for the Sabres. And indeed, it was a very long 20 minutes for the Sabres, uh, including uh, Eric Comrie and McDavid and other Oilers were hopping, playing lots of minutes and pouring on the pressure uh, and firing 24, 23 shots on net officially in the third period to five by Buffalo. And they had the puck about that percentage of the time. Uh, and uh, the they did everything you would hope for. I mean, they time and again, they just pile drive the, the ball down to the one-yard line. And they just couldn't power it over the goal line because Comrie was laying on the ice. And honestly, they were almost shooting from too close. And they couldn't get it up. The only one they finally scored was when McDavid fished it back to Nugent Hopkins. And he was all of about eight feet out, but far enough back to at least get get some air under the puck and get it under the crossbar. But time and again, they were too close. Or they were, you know, uh, Comrie was good. The puck bounced this wide. You know, uh, the the third period uh, uh, comeback was, uh, uh, it was inspiring. And at the same time, it left me asking, really, from early moments in the third period, where the hell was this in the second period? First period, pretty good. Second period, not good at all. Third period, pour it on, but too late. And how that, Bruce? How the hell did Hyman not score, or Drysaddle not score on that chance that he had, or McDavid with you know just under five minutes, he had that chance right? Like. What the chances of those one of those three guys not you know all you know Nugent Hopkins finally did score but man those were those were just great scoring chances I mean Leon Drysaddle just regularly parks out of the back of the net and he just couldn't and Hyman's shot was in so just just bang bang and he couldn't couldn't get it in but that's that's hockey that happens sometimes right like you're gonna get five five mm-hmm. games a year like where you get Louis Lavasseur right like that's gonna that's gonna happen throughout the year where. Or it's the NHL, uh, the goalies are good, and some people are. say the game should be called goalie. And tonight was one of those games where, yeah, the goalie was the uh, huge difference maker in a game where one team was better, but the older other goalie was better still than that enough to. And Buffalo, you know, they played all right. They did. Uh, I mean, nothing against Buffalo. They, I thought they brought it pretty good, but in the third period they were overwhelmed and their goalie saved them. Yeah, it was almost like they were expecting the Oilers to score, and the Oilers just didn't score. Um, Drysaddle was in on, he had, he had 12 major contributions to grade-A shots. That mm-hmm. said, he was the culprit uh, on on all three goals that were scored against the Oilers goalie. He was the culprit on all three. Two turnovers, um, 
and and once he didn't get out to the point quickly enough, I didn't think on on Dahl and there, on that shot. But um, the three he, on four, eh? Where he got yeah. on the faceoff circle. He he did, you know, just yeah. like Malone the game before, and you, you know mm-hmm. that it's hard to work through fight through that, but that's the job. All right, um, Bruce. My good thing was a guy actually who was who made a mistake, also made a mistake on a goal against. It's Darnell Nurse. He made a mistake. He he got beat by the mighty Tage Thompson who is kind of mighty, isn't he? He's he's an amazing player. He scored a goal last year against the Oilers where he just swooped in and hammered home the puck. And I thought, who the heck is that? Or maybe it was just a grade A A shot. But that guy, he's big, fast, talented hockey player. And man, that was a a fantastic skill goal, a beautiful goal by him where he went around Nurse, then went around Skinner. And um, Bob Stauffer compared it to the Peter Mahovlich goal in game two of the um, 1972 uh, Canada-Russia series. Bob's mandatory 1970 sports reference in that game, I guess. It it wasn't as good as that goal, but it was a damn good goal. And Nurse got beat. But other than that, Bruce, I thought Darnell Nurse was really skating well Mm -hmm. and moving the puck well. And and, uh, he was really... That's as well... You know, it's so great to see him skating well again after last year's playoffs when he was kind of... Not limp, obviously limping around, but kind of moving around at half speed. Gingerly. <clears throat> and the goal um, he scored was a beautiful pass from from Dreisaitl. And um, sure, very sure finish by Darnell Nurse. He did. He just slammed it home along the ice. Hard shot <coughs> to stop. But really, it was just skating all night long, mm-hmm. up and down the ice. Fast, smart, effective, good with the puck, making good plays. Um, smart plays, uh, his best game that I've seen him play. You know, the play, the the player, the play, dare I say, of a nine million dollar a year. Well, funny you should mention that, David. My, I was not monitoring Twitter during the game. Uh, I can't, I can't <clears throat> stand. I, I don't. I'm too trying to focus on the game, especially when I'm yeah. grading as I am tonight. But my son was reporting that after the, I'm not even sure if it was the Thompson goal. That nurse was getting crucified on Twitter, and the figure of nine point two five million dollars gets raised every time he makes a single mistake. <laughs> that figure gets up. Hey, Oilers fans, I, I I got an idea. Park it with that stuff. Come on, I mean the the contract is there. The guy's playing. He's on our team. He's playing his ass off for the Oilers. He makes mistakes. He's a high event player. He makes good things happen. Accept him for what he is. And sometimes I wonder, you know, what the hell is all that about? And there are other times I really wonder what it's about. And 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 uh, it's uh, it's frustrating. He did get he did get a beat on another breakaway, but as um, you know, was noted during oh. by the play by play announcers, he made a fantastic play to come back and tip tuck stick, and that really thwarted the play. It was a great comeback. I thought, man, he didn't get a penalty. Um, and it wasn't, and it wasn't a penalty. Nope. He, he made a legal play on the stick, a, a nope. legal play on the stick, yep. and um, thwarted Tucks from making his best move there, or even a good move. And Tuck made a great play to steal the puck in the first place. Like that yeah. was a great play by Tuck, followed by a great play by Nurse. And, yeah. And... So we are of one mind on Darnell Nurse tonight that he played a, a good game at least, maybe a, yeah, I would say a good game. There, there was mm-hmm. the one major mistake, and and. Uh, but other than that, okay, Bruce, your bad thing. 
Well, we probably touched on a couple of them already, but I think I'll go completely off of that script and talk about the devastating hit that uh, Dylan Holloway took uh. in the second period uh, that put him out of this hockey game. And I believe it may also put Labushkin, the guy who nailed him, out of the game because he didn't play a whole lot after that, if at all. I didn't notice Labushkin leaving the game, but I sure noticed Dylan Holloway. Uh, I mean, he went quickly to the bench. It's not like he stayed down or anything, but when he went off and down the tunnel, I thought, yeah, good night, Dick. And uh, that uh, that guy has uh, um, not been getting many, many good breaks. And boy, for all that he had a great preseason, I was thinking the whole preseason, and I said it on this cast at least once, that, uh, you know, when the games start counting for real points is when we find out sometimes. And, and Holloway's had a very rough, uh, first week in the National Hockey League with uh, uh, some some real difficult moments in each yeah. of his three games. And the one from tonight being having his, uh, you know, taken the suicide pass from Warren Fogle and not fielding it cleanly, but not having his head up and, and not, you know, uh, just it's. I remember Scott Young. Here's my mandatory. It might even be 1950s sports <laughs> reference. It's from uh, from his great book, The Leafs I Knew, from uh, 1958 uh-huh. to 63. And somewhere in that book, he's got a quote, and I've ne- I'll never forget it. And that was some some guy, uh, some pundit off the ice saying, a player who skates around with his head down will soon wind up with no head at all in this league. And, you know, this league was the NHL then and still the NHL now, and that rule still largely applies. You can't you know, play the game. you got to be aware of your surroundings. And Labushkin really took advantage and stepped up and into a, a young rookie. And, and Fogel, who laid the suicide pass, went after him, but, you know, not to any effect, and, and the damage was done. All it did was get an extra penalty for the Oilers. Um and thankfully they killed that one off. But uh, that was that was during the down part of the game for the Oilers. I think it was between the two goals that Buffalo scored in sort of the first five minutes of the second period. But obviously the concern here is for Dylan Holloway's health. Uh, uh, he I was so okay, hoping, but it could yeah. be concussion. You know, there's no way to know. And of course, they have no no room to maneuver uh, on their. Um, uh, on their roster, I mean, they have, I mean, obviously Derek Ryan who can come back in next game and uh, if uh, Holloway's not able to go, but they'll have no flexibility at all, uh, barring uh, Holloway go- actually going on long-term injured reserve, which is a different kind of problem. But either way, it's not a good situation. I felt bad for the kid. Yeah, I was so hoping to see him just come back onto the ice, you know, like that he'd be okay. And, and I'm just worried that he isn't. That was a um, brutal hit. Yeah. But Bruce, it, it was illegal. I think it was mm-hmm. legal. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a, a dirty hit. Um, it was the kind of hit that if Marcus Niemelainen laid on, you know, a Buffalo Sabre tonight, everyone would be whooping and cheering and happy and and um, not not happy that the Buffalo Sabre player got hurt. But mm-hmm. thinking that's a legal hit, that's hockey. And that's, that's what that was. I also... Um, you know, I just, it was just hard to see. It was hard to see a player get, get hit like that. Um, and uh, Holloway has had such a rough start. You're right, Labushkin played 8.51, and he was playing a regular shift <coughs> until then. So maybe that was his also his last 
bit of ice time. I'm not sure about that. Um, he's a tough customer. That was a tough hit. Oh, yeah, no, it's, that's that's his game. He was with <clears throat> Arizona before, and I remember him taking a run. I think he took a run at McDavid last year before he got traded to Toronto. Uh, anyway, uh, that was one of those one of those plays where there's many fans that will say that was a clean hit. Why are they fighting after every every clean hit? Why do they have to fight him after every clean hit? Uh, and it, there's the NHL players. They, they classify it differently. Uh, within the rules or not within the rules, there's a certain level of violence yeah. that if the hit exceeds that level of violence, then that guy is going to is is going to answer for it one way or another. And I mean, do you think it was always so, Bruce? Do you think no. that was always? What about Nicholas Cronwell? He like when he would hammer. I don't think it was always so. I think this is more of a recent, last, ten fifteen years kind of thing, except on a star player. I mean, I just think you, we would regularly see hits like that, and there wouldn't be um, necessarily a fight um, right away after it. Well, people have been complaining about fights after clean hits for a long time, and, and many of them, to me, they've, <clears throat> they've they, the ones that are technically clean, no penalty, that are nonetheless uh, uh, where a, a vulnerable player gets smoked and you know endangered by the by the, and I mean it's, it is part of the game, and I recognize it. But at the same time, I've seen so many reactions like that. My my take is that there's a certain level of uh, of hit that that players feel that they must respond to, and it's always responded to right then and there, or the nearest teammate goes after the guy. In this case, it was fall. Yeah. I'm not against it. I'm not trying to. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it. I'm just saying, like when I, I remember Muni or Marchment in the in the 90s, Muni in the 80s and the 90s, Marchment in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Throwing that kind of hit, and I don't think they had to answer for it, answer for it every single time. They would throw such a devastating hit, or Cronwall, mm-hmm. you know, into the uh, into the into the aughts, into the oddies. Right. I don't think we've ever figured out what to call that time period. Um, Bruce, uh, my bad thing. The, I thought the Oilers had too many passengers tonight, mm-hmm. and they did um, decisively outchance um, the other team. Out shooting out chance the other team, but there was a number of players who weren't in on any grade A chances in any way for the orders, and that includes Marcus Niemelainen, Devin Shore, Brett Kulak, Ryan Murray, Warren Fogle, and Ryan McLeod. And I can't <coughs> say any one play from any of those players. Maybe a few plays from McLeod, but those those guys have got to do more. You can't can't just can't count on the big guys every single game. They needed a goal. From one of these guys, they need, you know, they they and it didn't come, and they didn't, they weren't particularly involved physically. Did Nemaline get a hit tonight? I don't remember him hitting. He him had three he hits, but none of them were memorable. Yeah, and he got a minus one because mm-hmm. it was he that was racing ahead of the play on that turnover by Drysaddle that left Barry stranded behind everybody because Nemaline wanted to get involved in the attack, which I don't think is what he's in the lineup to do, but. He did join that rush, and uh, uh, yeah, it didn't work out so, in the end. So hard to bl- hard to blame him, but at the same time, what's he yeah. doing there? Is yeah, he going to I, score? I, <laughs> Probably not. But it but, is his job to get involved in the play too. So mm-hmm. <laughs> nonetheless, like these guys, they didn't do much. They didn't. They did nothing. And it's time for them to start doing something. Like you know, Kulak and Ryan Murray. 
Um, they have not covered themselves in glory early this year. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Murray had a good first game, but but since then, the last couple of games have been really uh, not good. And um, I guess Philip Broberry's dinged up. Maybe if he wasn't, we'd be seeing him also in the lineup by this point. But anyway, these guys have got to pick it up. They've got to do something to help the Oilers win, and they're not doing it right now. Like Guys like Zach Hyman are really carrying their weight. And I thought Pugliari had some good moments. He did. Um, you know, Leon was in on all the scoring chances. McDavid had some big moments. <clears throat> Kane seems to start slowing the games and then heat up as the, as the game goes along. He's got to come out a little harder in these games. But Nurse and Cece are battling hard. You know, Barry, Tyson Berry is Tyson Berry. And, and Bouchard has got to pick it up a little bit, too. I would include him in that group of... Um, he did pick it up uh, in the third period, I thought. In fact, I... I'd like to see Bouchard out there on the ice more with McDavid. I, I think that McDavid needs someone just feeding him the puck a bit better, and I think that's Evan Bouchard. They should team those two players at even strength together, in my opinion. I think that would be a good match. Um, to um, And it would also, when McDavid starts to wheel with the puck in the offensive zone, he can then put it back to a guy in Bouchard who's got just a great, devastating shot. So I, I think at even strength, they've they got to think a little bit more about that. They tend to play CeCe and Nurse there, and they're not um, the offensive players that Evan Bouchard is. So Yeah, I'd like to see Bouchard shots a little bit more on the corner than that <laughs> in the breadbasket. But uh, he did have six shots on net tonight. There were some ridiculous totals of uh, shots today, uh, uh-huh. including uh, well, Evander Kane had 11 shot attempts, uh, most on the team. Uh, only five shots on net. Um, when I say only, only five out of 11. And it seems like he's getting all kinds of great looks from in close, but he's not able to bury anything, like anything at all. And I mean, you'd like to think he would have had one goal tonight out of the, all the collection of looks that he had, but he'd either flub the puck off the stick or it'd be a dribbler. You know, he just wasn't really connecting and making the shots he wanted to. He was doing a lot of stuff right. But finishing yeah. plays was not one of those things. Yeah, he did have. A, we we did track him for four grade A shots. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, some of them were from very close, but not not yeah. particularly, um, you know, not 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 great shots in the end. Even though they were great great opportunities. All those people who were saying, "I told you, Evander Kane had an unsustainable shooting percentage in the playoffs last year." Mm-hmm. are being proven correct of course yeah. um your number bruce yeah well yeah all the shot totals are pretty f- fascinating uh three <coughs> defensemen had 18 shots and they're the three you want bouchard six barry five nurse seven and uh five of the forwards had four plus shots and they were hyman dry uh four each Kane five Nugent Hopkins, seven, McDavid, four. I mean, those are the guys, those are the productive players. But that's not my number. Uh, my number is 18, and 18 is the number of giveaways by Edmonton in this game, and ultimately that was the decisive factor in this game. Edmonton did not manage the puck well enough in the end to win this game because they were a little bit too cavalier with the puck when they had it, especially at the attacking blue line, which cost them on two goal, both goals scored by uh, uh Buffalo in the first five minutes of the second period that basically won the game for Buffalo. It was a one-all yeah. score after a pretty good first period by the Oilers and then two turnovers at the uh, offensive blue line. Uh, one was fairly innocuous and it just 
turned into a two-on-two rush where somehow that Tage Thompson made that fabulous play and bowled through two pretty big bowls on the Edmonton side in Nurse and Drysaddle to take it to the net. And that's that was that was a hell of a goal. That was, to me, that's a goal of the year candidate, early one. Uh, the second one, man, that just can't happen. Where Niemalainen is roaring up the ice, so they, they got a four-on-three rush. And Drysaddle comes over the blue line on the backhand, tries to find the trailer. It's a good play, but you got to make the pass. And the pass, the trailer was a right shot in Yamamoto, who didn't have his damn stick on the ice. Yeah. And the pass wasn't perfect, and it went past Yamamoto. And the next thing you know, there's one Buffalo guy's got it, and the other guy who's fallen in the far corner. Uh, I think Barry's completely forgotten about the guy, the goal scorer, who was, uh, oh, yeah, J.J. Paterka. Nice shot. Yeah, yeah. And Paterka was so far behind the play that all of a sudden he was that far ahead of the play because the puck got turned over at going in the wrong direction by Edmonton. And those 18 turnovers, you know, there was there were some bad ones. Buffalo only had uh, 11. Mind you, they didn't have the puck near as much. And Buffalo was actually plus one on giveaways versus takeaways, and Edmonton was minus 10. And it was, you know, within those uh, smaller, relatively smaller numbers compared to the to the uh, uh, shots totals, but turnovers are deadly. I mean, if you watch football, it doesn't take many turnovers to turn a football game. They They really are. Um, they really are deadly. Yeah. Bruce, that turnover by Dreisaitl um, on Paterka's goal, you know, you, you could blame, you can really blame Leon for trying that pass. But on the other hand, Yamamoto's stick, his fundamental play, should his stick should be on the ice. Now, that would mean taking the puck on the backhand, you know, but he's an oh, NHL player. So it is, take the take the pass on the backhand. You have your stick on the ice when, when Leon Dry settles in passing position in the offensive mm-hmm. end. How about that? Mm-hmm. And, and Tyson Berry, he's got to be aware of where, you know, he was the last mm-hmm. player up. And he's, you know, I think he had his eyes on getting in that offensive play a little bit. And um, he's got to be aware. There's a guy behind him. He's got to know that. And he and he forgot. And uh, hence a breakaway. Uh, Bruce, my number is three as in third. The third straight game where the Oilers goalies have led in a, in a, in a, in a uh, B-grade shot, a B-grade scoring chance shot. And those are real backbreakers. Mm-hmm. Um in the first game against Vancouver, it was JT, JT Miller scoring from outside. In the uh, second game against Calgary, it was uh, Mike Stone, a defenseman, hammering in the puck from outside. And and both you and I agreed. We thought he that the goalie uh, Campbell had a good had clear sight lines on that shot, even though it was a heck mm-hmm. of a shot. It's an outside mm-hmm. shot, and NHL goalies are expected to make that save. And tonight it was Stuart Skinner. On uh, with Rasmus Dahlin firing from far out, a good shot, a hell of a shot, mm-hmm. center of the ice. Clean look at it though. But he had a clean look at. He's got to make that save, and he didn't. So the Oilers, among their defensive issues, and there are a number of defensive issues right now, they're not taking defense seriously enough. Is the bottom line. Um, they haven't had that um, super solid goal team that you need to win in the NHL, and that's why they have one win and two losses at this point. Um, those goalies make those saves and these games, um, uh, the two losses might've turned out differently is the truth. They were close enough, those games. So, um, mm-hmm. don't let in B grade scoring shots. 
Oilers goalies. That's my the advice. Odd one, the odd one's going to go in. I mean, we do. It we is. still do call them scoring chances. And if they make a perfect shot, like I would say, JT Miller's shot was pretty good. And it Stones, was. I mean, it was so ridiculously far out, it should never have gone in. But he 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 sure labeled it. But uh, and and Dolines was a good shot, but he was, you know, well above the circles, and just anyway, when you're losing by one goal. Uh, and you've had a, a goal against on a grade B chance. It does kind of stand up. Yeah. Okay. You are doing the game grades tonight, so we'll let you get at it. Right. The next game is Thursday night against whom, Bruce? Where are they playing? Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, the Hurricanes. Oh, tough game coming up here. Tough game yeah. coming up. Yeah, they got a, they got a lot tougher team on uh, on Thursday. And I hope that the Oilers have some gas in the tank because now, now after having two ga- days off between games, now all of a sudden it starts to get serious. They play t- tonight, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday again next week. So it's you know it's not till the end of the month that they have a, have two days off between games again. So these uh, tonight twenty six fifty two for McDavid, you know. I bet you he played at least 10 minutes in the third period. I'll check that out after. Yeah. And the NHL hockey it mm-hmm. takes a toll on you, man. You get bumps and bruises, and they just keep building up. So. Or you get cross-checked into the boards by Rasmus Dahlin, like McDavid did there in the third. Where he got, well, I got pushed, and he went flying into the end boards, and Graham Skilleter, or his favorite rep, was busy. I, I was not <laughs> impressed with the fact that Buffalo got the only power play in the third period. Let's put that. Edmonton had the puck like 90% of the time. Yeah. Bu- Buffalo committed zero infractions, according to Gore Dwyer and Graham Skilleter, who is uh, perhaps my least favorite NHL ref. The Oilers never seem to win when that guy is at the controls. Anyway, there was t- two issues tonight. Ryan McLeod got a hooking penalty when he came in and he he got the guy and a really good back check, but he got him kind of close to the, to oh, the yeah, yeah. hand on the yeah, stick when they called yeah. it. And in the third period, Rasmus Dahlin did the exact same thing right on the hand of an oiler. Great check. It was a good stick lift, but he came right in close to his hand. Same ref was in the same corner looking at the same play. Didn't see it. What did oh, the fans say, Bruce? Figure. What did the fans say? Uh, ref, I think suck. the fans say ref, you suck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never participated. We, I, I'm from the way gone era where we were the we want a ref crowd. <laughs> and we used to get that one going at, at the old Coliseum from time <laughs> to time. And I'm not, I'm not putting this game on the ref. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying. They're, they're, the, the orders did not get a few breaks in this game, and maybe one or two of them were calls. Alrighty. That's all. The power play oh. wasn't getting the job done, but a power play in the third period would have been a different beast, I reckon. The power play actually looked pretty good in a lot of ways. They were sure moving that puck around. They just couldn't get it grade A shots necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, and when they did, they got a couple five alarm shots in the power play. They couldn't get him in. All right, Bruce, let's leave it there. Thanks for talking tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.